The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. This week, we discuss the Fed, exciting T-bills, and big oil's big profits. It's been another exciting week in the investment world, so let's crack right into the news. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates on Wednesday by three-quarters of 1%, moving its target range to between 3.75 and 4%. The hike was expected, so the focus shifted to clues the Fed might offer about its future plans and to help answer the big question of when the Fed intends to reduce the size of its interest rate hikes. The Fed has now increased rates by three-quarters of a percent four times in a row, starting back in June. Some analysts expected the next increase in December to be smaller, and then similar smaller increases or even a pause in 2023. This expectation partly explained the recent rally in stocks, as the timeline to rates moving lower could at least be imagined. Fed Chair Jerome Powell's comments poured cold water on those expectations when he said that rates may go higher than previously expected and stay high for a significant amount of time. Quote, The question of when to moderate the pace of increases is now much less important than the question of how high to raise rates and how long to keep monetary policy restrictive. Powell continued, It is very premature to be thinking about pausing. We think we have a ways to go. We have some ground to cover with interest rates. End quote. The big takeaways from this week's Fed meeting? The Fed signaled that while its next interest rate hike may be smaller, persistent inflation and higher interest rates could stick around for longer than previously expected. Evidence suggests that the terminal rate, or the point when the Fed stops raising, needs to be higher, much higher, than the 4.6% Fed officials mentioned back in September. Government bonds were traditionally known as the boring part of the investment world. Not anymore. One bond in particular, the Series I savings bond, got so popular that buyers crashed the Treasury's website last week. What's going on, and what makes government bonds so exciting? A quick review on bonds. A bond is essentially a loan. You lend the government some money for an agreed amount of time, and after the bond matures, the government pays you back, plus a little interest. U.S. government bonds are considered to be one of the safest investments around. The trade-off for super low risk is super 
low reward. For example, back in January, a one-month T-bill paid 0.05%. So for every $1,000 you invested, you earned a whopping 50 cents in a month's time. Not very exciting. Interest rates are now in a different universe, creating an opportunity for some investors. People can make a predictable return on an investment that traditionally doesn't really involve a lot of risk. Right now, a one-month T-bill is paying close to 4%. That's 80 times more than back in January. After years of record low interest rates meant that fixed rate investments paid next to nothing, government bonds have got a little bit of their swagger back. Music to the ears of low-risk investors like retirees and some pension funds. Should you be looking at government bonds? Message me at investwithwalter.com for a deeper dive into opportunities. Major oil companies saw profits soar in the third quarter of this year, following up on the industry's record profits in the second quarter. How much is big oil raking in, and what are they doing with the profits? ExxonMobil, Chevron, Shell, Total, and BP saw combined earnings of $50.7 billion in the third quarter alone. This was down from the second quarter's $62 billion, but still a massively profitable three months for the oil majors, as the big firms are called. Many of the oil majors are using the profits to benefit shareholders by buying back shares and boosting dividend payments. Shell announced that it will buy back $4 billion in stock over the remainder of the year, and ConocoPhillips increased its dividend by 11% and its stock buyback program by $20 billion. What the oil majors are not doing is boosting production. In the past, profits were invested in new production during boom times, but those high-cost projects have often come back to bite them when prices declined later on. Companies have also been under pressure to curb spending on fossil fuels and diversify into lower-carbon technologies. With continued record profits this year, companies are showing restraint on starting mega-projects that would boost production. A call for a windfall tax on big oil company profits has started in the U.S. The U.K., already levied a windfall tax on oil and gas producers earlier this year, and the European Union proposed its own tax in September. Those windfall proceeds are mostly being used to subsidize soaring energy bills for households. At this time, it is unclear if a windfall tax will take hold in the U.S., Unlike the UK and Europe, the US is an oil-producing country, so the industry has a little bit of a different influence here. Also, oil companies would likely argue that they lost big in 2020 when demand was low and are now just seeing the other side of what is a volatile industry. The longer profits stay elevated, though, the harder it is to make that case. 
Tune in next week as we discuss investing and elections. What do you need to know after the midterms have come and gone? Vote on Tuesday and then join us next Friday for that and much, much more. Thank you for listening and please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you next week.